1: Hello, contractors, and welcome to the Toolbox for the Trades, the show where we share the top tricks, tips, and tactics from service professionals worldwide. Today, I'm chatting with not one, not two, but three incredible women who lead the Bill Howe family of companies, an organization that nets $35 million across three entities. Jessica, Jamie, and Haley are sisters who've worked at Bill Howe, their parents' business, since the late 2010s, and they've achieved tremendous tremendous growth and success since then. During the show, we talked about financials, dispatching, opening a new division, and what it's like to work with your sisters. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation as much as I did. Jessica Howe, you are the CFO, Jamie, you are the plumbing operations manager, and Haley, you are in charge of the restoration and flood services division at Bill Howe Plumbing, Bill Howe Heating and Air, and obviously Bill Howe Restoration and Flood Services. That's a whole lot of things I just said, but you three are sisters and you run three corporate entities, which net about $35 million in revenue in a year, which is absolutely insane. You are my very first uh, trio that I'm interviewing on this podcast, so I'm a little nervous, but I am so excited to hear your story. Uh, Why don't you say hello to our audience and introduce yourselves? Jamie, you can go first.
2: Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm the plumbing operations manager, and I got to uh, start my venture here at Bill Howe back in 2008. So I've been here quite a long time, started as just a call taker doing collections, um, so started at the bottom, and now I've worked my way through becoming the operations manager on the plumbing side. So, very happy to be here. Thank you for having us.
1: Oh, no problem. Oh. Jessica, why don't you go next?
3: Hi, I'm Jessica. I am the CFO here at the Doha family of companies, as we like to call them. And I, similar to Jamie, um, well, I started here in 2012 right after college and was a call taker too, worked my way up. Uh, family business have quit once, returned once. Um, <laughs> uh, and but've been here ever since. Uh, and,
4: yeah, love it. love it every day. And last
1: sorry. And last but not least, Haley.
4: Hi, I am Haley Howe. I uh, started here at the company in two thousand and nine in the Restoration and Flood division when my dad decided up to open that division. And I am the, well, I started as a call taker in that division and then worked my way up to the
1: GC and general manager of the division. And I also love working here. Um, That is amazing. Thank you so much for those introductions. Uh, Jessica, thank you for the Bill Howe family of companies. That is how I will refer to you from now on for sure. (laughs) Normally I start this podcast with the same question throughout the board. This is going to be the very first time I do not ask this question because I know how the three of you got in the trades. You were born in it and I appreciate uh, the transparency, especially with you, Jessica, as I left and then I came back and we'll get into that a little bit. But before we even do that, I would love to just learn how Bill house started. So Jamie, why don't you take that question and tell us a little bit about, you know, where the company began and where it's at today. Awesome. I would be happy
2: to. Um the company started originally as AMPM Plumbing. Uh back when the yellow pages were around, AMPM Plumbing was right at the top, so my dad thought, what a great name. I'll be first first in line to get those calls, and he was. Uh, so with that, he began his venture in Pacific Beach in San Diego on his bicycle uh, with a drain machine in the basket going up and down the boardwalk, just uh, snaking drains for I think $25, $35 back then, back and forth and then started in his his apartment uh, in Pacific Beach, outgrew his apartment and rented somebody else's garage uh, so he could have a mini warehouse, and then he needed a call taker. And lo and behold, our mom was in the same apartment building, and she needed a job. So she was uh, first a like a housekeeper at a hotel in Pacific Beach at night. So she started answering phones during the day with him, and then kind of the rest is history. We uh, continued to grow, outgrew the apartment. Complex uh, <laughs> got uh, went and rented a building in the Marina Boulevard area, and then to continue to grow from there.
1: Uh, can I just say real quick that your dad riding a bicycle on the boardwalk is the most San Diego way to start a business.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's one of his like most famous stories on July 4th because it was party central and they all all the restaurants were clogged
1: (laughs) So he would just like go and be like you clogged you clogged you clogged and then (laughs) yeah at the end of the day I love that I also love um how your mom first was his employee and then became his wife uh can you tell me a little bit about how that happened
2: yeah, so she, uh, he had his apartment, and he, she lived upstairs with her boyfriend at the time. She came over from England on a one-way ticket out of England when she was twenty, and uh, with her boyfriend at the time, uh, came to San Diego because she had a friend here and said, "Hey, come to San Diego, it's great." So she came over, like I said, one-way ticket, no way home, and decided to stay because she loved it and then needed a job. So housekeeping and cleaning rooms at a hotel was her first, uh, her first job here. And then the phone, the phone started happening and she needed uh, my, my dad needed a call taker. And so she lived in the complex. And then he her. the boyfriend went back <laughs> <Yeah>. home and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. she stayed working at then a few years later, a uh, Bill Howe plumbing.
3: I know that the story goes as well. That at some point in their relationship after they started dating, she came to him and was like, Bill, I'm going to be deported. Because for years, working for him, she had given him fake social security numbers because back then it was all paper-based. And he was like, well, I guess I guess we should get married. And they did. And I forget, maybe 15 years later, she went and actually got her citizenship.
2: Yeah. And yeah. now she's
3: a
1: U.S. citizen. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I also just love the strategy of I need employees, I better marry someone. And then that person (laughs) better have a series of children so I can one day employ them as well, uh, which I want to get to in a bit. But before I do, I already mentioned uh, $35 million in revenue across the three entities right now, which is incredible. Congratulations. How many employees do you guys have right now? The official head count as of yesterday was 217. Holy cow. And just to... You guys all came around around the late 2010s, 2008, 2009. Where was the company uh, when you first joined? Uh, Haley, do you remember? Oh, my gosh. Probably in the 80s, maybe 80 people.
2: Yeah. Around that time. We Uh, didn't have anything. Yeah. Restoration wasn't born yet or heating and air.
1: Yeah. Just got started. Just got started. 80 people. Mm -hmm, So so it's safe to say that once the three of you really came in, the company really was able to grow substantially. That's the takeaway I'm going to create anyways. Um, So a spoiler alert to anyone listening. uh, Before I invited these three wonderful women on, I spoke with Jessica first to get a little bit of background, uh, because there's obviously so much to cover here. And one thing she said was that, Throughout your lives, as you guys were growing up and figuring out your careers, your parents always dangled this like golden carrot of, hey, come work for us and we'll give you a career, but they never actually pushed it on you. You were never expected to go into the family business. And I would really like to learn a bit about what made you decide to commit to it as a career. And Jessica, maybe you can start with this one first, because like you said, you did it for a bit, you left and then you came back.
3: Yeah, so I had graduated college in around 2012, and I had gone to work for another company at a college importer of um, like Japanese and Chinese organic food. I started as a little call taker take there, and I got really bored. wasn't motivated to work. I wasn't excited about going to work, and I couldn't figure out why. I was like, well, what's going on? Like, I'm, I'm a really hard worker. My parents, you know, they brought me up to do really well, to motivate myself. I want to do well in what I do, but I was unhappy with where I was working. And, you know, so my parents were like, well, you know, come work for us, come figure it out. You know, we'll help you. You'll get, you know, great pay, good benefits You'll work with us. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't, you know, I don't have any other plans right now. And I don't know what I want to do. So I'll go try it out. Uh, and so i moved I moved over and I started as a call taker, and then well, I started filing because mm-hmm. back then we had legal side paper carbon copy invoices. And then I became a call taker, a dispatcher, worked in our on our billing side um, as well. And that's kind of where it happened, where I started to understand some of the stuff that I like to do when I work and some of the stuff I didn't. And I realized I am not a call center dispatcher whiz and by any means, but I really enjoyed following the money. So I really enjoyed calling (laughs) people for money and collecting on it. Um, And I ended up quitting the job um, because there wasn't a position for me necessarily at that point. And I wanted to go explore other options. Um, And so I went and went to night school for accounting and I went to go work for a, a CPA firm. As well, And I ended up getting my CPA license. And I went back to my parents at that point, And I was like, hey, I work in accounting now. I think you have a need for this. I think you have a need for strong financial leadership, strong accounting skills. And I think I can bring that to the table. Um, and so I came back on and I worked just accounts payable. I was still, you know, bottom of the barrel in the accounting world. And I worked my way up and the companies have been able to provide me with a career path and They've given me leadership skills and they've given me an opportunity to grow my passion, which is, you know, accounting and finance. So, you know, the golden carrot for me was this ability to find my passion
1: and pursue it. That is awesome. I really love And I, that's such a rare path that I hear on this podcast. I do hear a lot about people who inherit leadership positions from their parents who start the business but they started at a really young age and they're kind of nurtured for that leadership role. I really like that it was really open-ended for you and you were able to come back once you had gotten those skills and just be like, I can offer this for you, for you. How do you feel about me coming on? I think that's, that's really cool. Jamie, what was your experience like? After college, I went to work for a food manufacturing
2: company actually. And I did dispatching there and some PR, um, And I was living in Newport Beach and just having fun after college and did not really have a career path in mind at all. And Newport Beach wasn't working out as well as I thought it would. So um, they're like, come back home, go figure it out, similar to Jessica's story. And so... Like, okay, I'll come back home, but I'm not living at home. (laughs) And in hindsight, I probably should to save a lot of money. So uh, I moved to Encinitas um, and then I commuted down, uh, but started at the bottom, didn't know what I was going to do. But I really love working with our teams. I really love working with our guys and my dispatch team and our CSRs. It's fun to see that growth. It's fun to figure things out and, and find the best job for the best guys in the right area so that they're happy every day when they get to go to work and, and fix things for people in San Diego. It's been a pleasure to work with them and it's fun. I do. I enjoy myself. I have a good time. And Jessica didn't like working with me either. <laughs> and which initially- is why she quit. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure we'll get back in, we'll get into that in the podcast later <laughs> on just this whole sister dynamic
1: it's going to be great <laughs> she's the oldest sister oh, we, are definitely I getting, that anyway. we are definitely getting into uh, your opinions of one another and I cannot <laughs> wait um, um, Haley I would love to learn also for you what was the moment where you were like okay I'm going to start working at B- Bill Howe uh, full time and commit to it
4: Yeah. I, um, also had just left college and I was working as a project manager in San Diego and, um, I didn't, I wasn't doing very well. Um, financially, (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, it was very hard. And my dad, I was constantly talking to my dad about it, just calling him like, what do I do? I don't know what's going on. There's this, this. And he's finally just said, come work for, for Bill Howe. Um, I'm opening up a restoration and flood division, and we need your expertise to um, help it just come here because I don't have anybody else. so. So yeah, in 2009, I got my WRT certification and started on November 1st in that division. And we were just growing. We had, I think, three employees at the time. I did call taking and dispatching. And then from there, because I went to school for architecture and I did some project managing, I was able to get my contractor's license to then have the license for that division and um, just work my way up from dispatching to project managing to estimating um, kind of all the different positions in the in the industry and then uh, now up to the GM. That's
1: about <laughs> it. Awesome! Congratulations, all three of you. You have really impressive career trajectories within Bill Howe, and I know that wasn't easy at times, but really inspirational for sure. Now we are going to get into the sister dynamic, I promise. But all three of you have really unique skill sets and really different strengths within the business. So I would love to talk to you a little bit about like your big tip and like your big aha moment. So Jessica, like as CFO, how should contractors think about their financials, um, especially if they're aspiring to be as big as Bill Howe one day?
3: They should understand their financials. First off, Uh, don't be afraid of accounting. Don't be afraid of a profit and loss statement. Don't be afraid of a balance sheet. You have to understand that in order to be successful. You know, you can job cost to to buck to, But when you put everything together in a big picture, that's when you'll truly understand how well you're doing as a business owner. Um, one of the things to, you know, a contractor should really focus on too, especially as they grow, that in growth, you have to look at everything. You have to look at all your expenses. You have to look at every transaction that comes through because if you don't know things will fall through the cracks and next thing you know you're going to be spending $4000 on a dumpster in the back that you don't need you know so it's really important that you look at everything that you have your head wrapped around what's happening in your organization from a financial standpoint and you know there are people out there there are consultants there's you know best practices and service titan that can help you do that and just the biggest thing is don't be afraid of it. Never be afraid of it. If you've gotten this far in life with your business, you are obviously unbelievably smart enough to do it.
1: Um, and yeah, no fear. I take it that the $4,000 dumpster example is a, one, is a real one? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, there's a date. <laughs> and that was really when you kind of came on was during like, basically the company has since 2X, since you've the three of you have joined more or less. And so I'm sure you've been able to see that kind of stuff. And when you grow so quickly, when you open up new divisions, it's like, I'm, I'm sure so hard to keep track of everything. If you don't, if you're not actually doing it on a consistent basis.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And with growth, one of the skill sets that I feel that I brought to was the accounting understanding that a family business uh, organically grown didn't necessarily have. To structure their books, you know, because at a certain point, you know, when you get to 20 million, when it's so important that you, your books are not only there and you can understand them, but that they're accurate and correct.
4: And Jessica's background has helped both of us understand the financials so much better. Also, just because we trust her being our sister and we can come with her with our dumb questions and not (laughs) feel dumb.
1: (laughs) I wish my sister also knew something about money because uh, I do not feel dumb when I ask her stuff, but she just decided to be a nurse. So whatever. I just bother her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jamie, I know you. we already kind of alluded to the fact that you were definitely in with dispatching, in with the pit. You're not a plumbing operations manager, but I love talking dispatching. So looking at what you've learned in your time dispatching, taking calls, uh, what kind of tips would you like to give our audience of contractors who are trying to I'm assuming aspire to Bill Howe stature. I don't know <laughs> sentence, but you know what I was saying.
2: Yeah, of course. Thank you. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that I learned from the get go when I was first starting in dispatch is really understanding my zip codes, where everybody is. Uh, under really understanding what your technician skill sets are, because if you have a CCR CSR call in and they have a priority one call which would be like a a flood or no water or sewage everywhere, no facilities. You have to understand already without looking at the board because you're in it, where your guys are at, what the zip codes are, um, and what their skill set is. Because dispatch is so dynamic that it's unpredictable. And you want to make sure that you're capturing all those leads because that's revenue that's going to be on your board today. And hopefully a customer for life because you're able to provide that emergency service in real time. So I think for me, that was just one of the biggest things so that you can also train your CCRs or your call takers on those priority ones, and they can have a lifeline to dispatch to say, yes, we can take that call. I have this guy in this area. The customer's not on the phone for that long, and you guys are already building that and and placing that need to get servicing ASAP.
1: That's awesome. And I like the idea of having that lifeline to dispatch in order to prioritize those high-level calls. Do you have any type of uh, tips that you use to kind of memorize that stuff? Or is that something that you find you just learn by doing and just really ingratiating yourself in the practice?
2: Um, yeah, I service technician is a great help as well. They can color code um, and then also with the skill sets with the, with your plumbers. But I think it just comes with practice, on-the-job training. Because, uh, it, it's gonna take a lot of memorization. We have 60 technicians and I unfortunately know 80% of their phone numbers by heart. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um. But it's because it's it's a now thing you want to because they're there. They're there to, you know, make the most of their day as well. And they want to increase their their price per ticket as well. So I think when you return that back to them, when they're ready to take that late call for you, you're backing them. And that's really important as you grow your teams, because as much as we want to service that customer, we want to make sure that we're filling our board, too, and maximizing those dollars for our guys that they're best at. So I think it's just repetition, understanding zip codes, understanding skill sets, and really building that team so that you guys can work hand in hand.
1: I barely know my own phone number, so I'm impressed by that. (laughs) It's really (laughs) something... Haley, you, uh, architecture background, holy cow. I know that is so difficult. Um, but also is opening up a whole new division. So, um, how should contractors approach doing something similar? And for reference, a lot of folks on service Titan, for example, maybe they start with HVAC, they open up a plumbing division, vice versa. So I would just love to hear from you now that you've lived it, you know, what would be your best tips for that? It kind of just
4: developed. So being in the restoration and flood division, a lot of our customers are going through insurance to put their homes back together after a flood. And since their home is torn apart, we have the discussion of, well, why don't you do a cabinet upgrade or a kitchen upgrade or a bathroom upgrade tile? And so it kind of just developed in that manner. We're still navigating the just kitchen and bath remodel section of the division in terms of how do we estimate this? What are our margins? Can our subcontractors handle this? What about our in-house technicians? And so it's still developing. It's a few months in, um, but just I think when I was talking to my operations manager, it's more of just planning and
1: preparing and doing research and talking to other contractors on what they do and what, what works for them. Got it. I mean, it makes sense too. If you're going to have technicians in your home clean up after a flood or clean up after some sort of disaster, it's like, well, while you're there, why don't you just, uh, you know, put some new tile on because this stuff is, really yeah, awesome. I can't stand looking at it. <laughs> yes, exactly. But also, restoration was pretty new when you joined as well, um, and now it's oh, grown to cool. be, um, I think, seven million dollars. You said to me, right, Jessica? Yeah. So yes. how does that feel being there from the from the beginning, Haley? a lot of ups and downs <laughs> trying
4: to <laughs> navigate it, <laughs> working with insurance companies and figuring out <laughs> how to get paid from them. <laughs> but it's actually pretty cool. It's, it's super interesting. Um, I think it finally took off like with the help of my sisters and all of us helping to navigate it better. They have both helped me implement different systems to help bring in money faster, work with insurance companies, the financial specifically. So
1: it, um, it's like, it's like, I said, it's pretty cool to like, see it grow from the ground up. That's awesome. And definitely seeing this throughout all your answers, all the support that you give one another, which I I just absolutely love. So we just went over your own strengths and your specialties in the business. Um, but I'm curious what your other two sisters have to say (laughs) about what your strengths and specialties are. So Jessica and Jamie, what would you say is Haley's biggest strength?
3: It's a kind of a funny question too, because you know, I handle some. We all kind of handle some of the marketing. Um, I'm like the direct point of contact because we outsource it. But recently, you know, Haley's come and said, "Yeah, I really want to be involved." And uh, I was like, "Great, okay." And we just have a new social media venture where we're. We've hired somebody to run and create uh, like TikToks and Instagram Reels. (laughs) And I, being my analytical number self, was like, oh, I can't do this. (laughs) And Haley has jumped right in. And her biggest strength is that ability to... Bring a smile to our employees' face and calm up and say, Hey, you want to be famous? (laughs) Uh, And to rah rah them and to just bring. Convincing them. Yeah, yeah. Bring energy, Mm -hmm. like just so much energy to what she's doing, right? And she's got that that, I don't know, that, that brightness, I guess, you know, she went around all Tuesday, ran around to five different jobs, <laughs> rah-rahed the employees, you know, was talk with the customer. Talked to the, source, customer. Talk to the mm-hmm. customer. And so, you know, it took a lot of hard work, but she did it with such pizzazz. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, her biggest strength, I think is, you know, that yeah. smile that she puts on everyone's faces and whatever she does,
2: she's like our class clown in here. <laughs> <I am. laughs>
1: That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and kudos to you for doing TikTok. Um, <laughs> I love TikTok, but as of someone thinking about doing, I, I don't know if I want to do it. But there are some uh, service companies that are doing some really cool stuff on there. I actually did an episode this season with. Sarah Gerardo, who works in our marketing pro department. And we geeked out on TikTok in the trades for a bit. So I think you're with some oh, cool yeah. company and I'm really on the forefront of um, a really cool platform. So way to go. That's awesome. So Haley and Jessica, what would you say Jamie's biggest strengths are?
4: Oh. Jamie, <laughs> when she wants to get something done, she gets it done and nothing stands in her way. So that's a big, yeah.
3: She's a, what we call a driver, a driver. Yes, and I her... didn't
2: say bulldozer. <laughs> I know,
3: I was like a hey, bulldozer. <laughs> well, her nickname in the office is um, <clears throat> well, her maiden name is Hal, but her married name is Stolis. So her um, she is Solution Stolus. <laughs> so her biggest strength up is just driving the people, driving change, mm-hmm. um, making it happen, making it happen. So yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm actually loving this. I feel like this is almost like the newlywed game, but like complimentary and it's with sisters. So I love it. So last but not least, uh, Jamie and Haley, what would you say Jessica's biggest strengths are?
2: Well, uh, besides numbers, she really, when I come with a crazy idea, I'm like, we got to do this. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Jessica just rules it back a little bit. She goes, let's see what the risk factors are. What are the numbers? Where's the data? Where's the, the sheet that's going to tell us this? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't think about it. Let's just do it.
4: Yeah. I don't care. It's going to be great. <laughs> she puts us in um, our place in terms yeah. <laughs> of like analytical data that makes sense. Like, okay, I didn't think about that.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, she really puts, she backs up the idea with critical thinking analysis so that it can be successful so that we're not just going to fumble on our butts at the end of trying something new. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we are successful in the get go because one of the things we do here at Bill Howe is we just go Mm -hmm. and uh, we don't really think what all the other factors are. And so it's been great to, for me and how I operate to really think of other driving factors or what I, what I should do, shouldn't do and put that into our forefront so that we can make it
1: a dream come true. (laughs) Because we're the dream team. (laughs) sisters (laughs) I mean not I I thought of a metaphor while you were finishing up it's like Jamie you're the gas pedal um Jessica you're like the mirror I was gonna say brakes but I'm gonna say actually more the mirrors of the car so we get uh we get all sides and then Haley you're just like waving off the passenger seat like with balloons and like sparklers (laughs) I'm the clown Uh, I really love that. And I can definitely totally see how you guys compliment one another. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about how you lead now that your parents have stepped away from the business. But before I do, I would love to hear if you have any advice for folks out there who are also running a business with their sibling or siblings.
4: I think one of the one things that we all said to collectively was communication and transparency. Yeah, Right. definitely. I,
3: one of the things I mentioned was, you know, if you're mad at them, if there was a disagreement <laughs> or if there was an issue or you didn't like how a conversation went uh, amongst employees, um, you walk into their office right after and you deal with that issue or that miscommunication or whatever's happening in their relationship um, because it, it will fester or it will come back
2: later somehow. Mm-hmm. So it's that communication is key, like Haley said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So- Full transparency is important because you'll build a wall and then the wall gets thicker and thicker and thicker and, and then nothing really gets done. And then when you see each other outside of the office, then it's even worse because you can't actually spend quality family time together because you're harboring whatever, what the disagreement was inside the office. So we want to love each other as much as we do outside the office, (laughs) in the office and in the office, outside the office. (laughs) Totally. So, yeah. yeah, you don't easier said than done. Yeah, easier said than done. So you totally it's don't want to build,
1: progress. build that wall of resentment, right? Like, that's exactly what it is. And I love the strategy of just getting it out there right at the beginning when it happens instead of festering it. Obviously, like for some people listening, you may need to take time to collect yourself, but I love addressing it as soon as possible. So from what Jessica told me, when COVID uh, hit, it really impacted the way you guys ran the business and your parents took a pretty big step back, um, allowing you all to take bigger roles in the day-to-day operations. So I would love to hear, you know, what was the hardest thing about that transition for you?
2: I think just relying on each other more and relying on our teams more. Um, Being our mom and our dad were the decision makers mostly, but as they were home watching our children... We were, you know, we had to take a almost a different role, but making decisions kind of on the fly with the PPE and the um, virtual estimates, and how are we going to do this? And let's try this remote working, remote working, and how are we going to how are we going to hold them accountable? And what are we going to do? And it was kind of almost like a seat of our pants ish because things were flying off and decisions were going everywhere. But honestly, with the three of us, we were able to. It kind of like forced together.
4: us. Yeah, it forced us because before it, we were kind of like in our own separate like areas. Yeah. And then COVID hit, and we were forced to just figure it out and start working together like full on. So that's.
3: Yeah, when they took a step back, um, we were forced into bigger shoes. Right when it came to decision making, and we formed, you know, a, an exec team basically, exec team of sisters in our upper management in our upper management and we had to learn not just to run our divisions or the people that we've managed but also the companies um all of a sudden because our parents weren't there to make the final decision or be the buck stops here you know it became this team of people so that was that was hard but yeah. good because now we're here we <laughs> <laughs> made it <laughs>
1: I know COVID so it puts so much pressure on so many individuals, so many businesses. I'm happy to hear that you guys were able to make it through, you know, you've mentioned your executive team a couple of times and I've talked to some of them before, but I would love to hear a little bit about who else is on that executive team and how you rely on them.
2: We have our general manager who is um, Bill Hawes and he's been with us for 35 years. So uh, he's a huge support to us as well, because he's been in the business for so long. He's seen Every avenue, um, COVID differently, but, um, he's helped navigate a lot of different waters with us. We, um, our Rhett Wheeler, who's our risk manager, he's been instrumental as well, um, with our fleet and uh, with the PPE and some of the other risk factors that we deal with sometimes, um, Liability wise, uh, he's a great support and somebody that we can lean on as well. Um, and then among that, you know, our service managers and our our, our dispatch team, our CSRs, um, and HVAC. You know, we've collaborate collaborated, and it's been great to work with them because it it's it's a team that makes it happen. It's uh it's not just us three. We're we're only as good as our team. So it's been it's been amazing to work side by side and continue to grow and hopefully double. Our size in five, 10 years from now, which would be
1: a huge success to everybody's hard work. Mm-hmm. Well, you jumped the gun on my next question, Jamie, which was kind of the <laughs> three of <laughs> you are on the helm. Like, what's next? And it sounds like, you know, sky's the limit, more or less.
2: Yeah, I think right now we uh, we really want to develop more SOPs. Um, I'm speaking for myself on the plumbing division, really looking at what we can do in training. Some of the coaching things that we've been through is, you know, training is kind of where it's at, you know, you need to train your team. So we're really developing our training so that our guys are more successful and they have the tools to help what they can do when they hit each service call. Uh, so that's that's what we're working on to collectively on the plumbing side, but in other ways, um, in other divisions growing as well.
3: Yeah, I know for me, obviously process um, efficiencies and then revenue growth. I'm hyper-focused on what's the next step, you know, opening the remodel division, Mm -hmm. you know, supporting that from a marketing perspective, rolling out new radio campaigns, um, and also preparing for eventual, you know, turbulent times with everything going on too and preparing the businesses to pivot if we need to. So stuff like that um, that I'm focused on and what's next for accounting and finance that they'll have.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm focused on having more fun. (laughs) with TikToks.
2: <laughs> she can be the TikTok star. <laughs>
4: um, well, yeah, like um looking forward to working in marketing more, doing more marketing campaigns and things like that. And then we've been talking about opening up an electrical division and different other divisions as well. So I think we have
1: a lot of, a lot of goals for this year and the next years to come. I love that. And I love how you're able to just separate it by having, you know, the support amongst the three of you and with the executive team too. TikTok's definitely a life goal, (laughs) definitely something. (laughs) Um, And Jessica, one thing you said that just really caught my attention was how you are really doing your best in finance and accounting to future-proof the business in case it has to happen. And I don't think a lot of folks have that luxury and it sounds like because of all the support you guys have at the leadership level you're able to focus on that, which I think makes you pretty, pretty awesome as a business and <laughs> not a lot of people get to focus on that. So that's great. Yeah, no, it's, it's great to have my sisters and the managers that I have
3: in my division to, to have the ability to provide what if scenarios and projections. Um, so that the businesses, if we, to, if we continue to grow, if the times change to be able to sit down and figure out how we're going to get through this. Um, We're lucky in the industry is that we have services that people need in hard times. That is so crucial to, you know, I think it's why we like what we do, because we can always, you know, feed the people that work here and provide for their families. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: So, but again, yeah, like Jamie said, it takes a team. (laughs) So. Um, so I have some final questions, but before that, I just we we scratched the surface. You guys have been working at the company now for over a decade. You've really done some tremendous things in your respective specialties. Is there anything that we should have talked about that we didn't? How awesome Jamie is, how awesome Haley is, how awesome
2: Jessica is. <laughs> I think something that we also, as you're if you were in a family business and as you grow, uh having a family coach is also instrumental in communication because sometimes you do hit those blocks and you guys aren't getting along to have an outsource kind of like a family therapist, <laughs> um, Ours is but a family <laughs> coach uh, <Yep. laughs> has been great. It has been great for us because we can lean on him or her. Uh, and then they will open that conversation for us. They'll open the door. They'll understand both sides so that we even though we may not be able to explain our feelings or what's in our head, they're there to help guide you through that. So it's, we've been working with somebody for three years now mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, it's been great. I think that's why part of the reason why we get along yeah. for the most part <laughs> um, on a daily basis and outside. So it's been great. So if you don't have that, it's recommended. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. I think especially <laughs> as a family member wants to grow in the business and grow the business and be a part of the business like on the board of directors or shareholders it's crucial that that family communication is ironed out and a family business consultant can be really awesome for a team of family members so
1: and yes his name is joe for us (laughs) what what would joe do i love that i love that um a hundred percent. You're echoing a lot of things that I've heard here before, but I can only imagine how much more needed that is when you're dealing with such a big family. And cause your parents are still somewhat involved in the day-to-day of not in the day-to-day, but they're still involved in the business somewhat, right? Yes. Yeah. Totally makes sense. I'm glad to hear that you guys are having success with Joe. So <laughs> let's, move let's move on to some of the more fun questions. So if you could give yourself one piece of advice from early on in your career, what would it be? Haley, you can go first. Probably
4: ask more questions, ask more questions and communicate. And I like, for me, I, I like to ask why, because you don't know why <clears> someone's <throat> saying what they're saying. And a lot of the reasons, like a lot of the reasons why Jessica and I might not communicate well is I don't understand her why and she doesn't understand my why. And if we did like, Oh, that's why you want to do that. That makes sense. Cause I don't want to do it that way. So <laughs> that
2: would be
3: my <laughs> what about you, Jessica? So as an accountant, right, I'm very risk-averse. I <laughs> would always encourage, you know, I, sometimes I wish I was more like Jamie and Haley in being a driver and taking more chances. And if you think an idea is good and you have the data to back it up, you know, the sky's the limit. Go do it. Don't be afraid <laughs> to go do it. So, yeah, have no fear.
2: Jamie? Because I just go, 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 go. I think for me, part of my tip would be accountability. To hold your teams accountable right from the start and to learn that accountability uh, on how you communicate accountability, your leadership role in accountability. Um, so as you're growing, if you're young in a management role, I think training in that area, in that arena is super crucial for your growth and developing respect among your teams and that leadership role, it's crucial so that you can have success so that your teams can grow and have the processes behind it. So I think accountability is something I wish I learned a lot longer ago so that I was
1: better at it now, (laughs) but still growing, still learning. (laughs) Awesome. All right. So the favorite question that I gave you guys, (laughs) if you had to choose a song to be the soundtrack of your life, What would it be? And I think you guys have one song for the three of you, but if you have three songs, please give them to me. I think we came up with one song for us and
3: it was um, the new song from Encanto, the Disney movie, uh, (laughs) The Family Madrigal, uh, with all of our different personalities and being able to communicate through that. We're all stars as well. and Sometimes we burn, Uh, but we'll work through that. You know, we just got to remember, you know, we each have our own problems, too. And if we're working through issues that day, and we should all talk about it. And, you know, we do have an abuela. She's our mother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, you know, we each have our strengths and weaknesses. So mm-hmm. we just need to remember that and acknowledge that we are a family first, too.
2: And then we have Rocky in the background when I had the tiger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't. Pushing, <laughs> Pushing us along. So we struggle. You just got to make it up those stairs.
1: I love that. I love that so much. Jessica, Jamie, Haley, it was a delight to talk with, both, with all three of you. Thank you so much for being a guest on Toolbox for the Trades. Yes, thank, thank you. you very much. Yes.
0: Ever wonder how much your business is worth? So many owners ask that question and have no idea where to turn for an answer. In just a few clicks, Service Titan's new Service Business Valuation Calculator can give you an easy and free estimate of the current value of your business. Whether you're thinking about selling your company or looking to track growth, check it out now. Visit servicetitan.com value. Again, that's servicetitan.com value. See how much your business is worth today. Want to network with fellow service entrepreneurs and former guests of this podcast? Join our private Facebook group, Toolbox for the Trades, to get immediate access to the best tips, tricks, and tactics from fellow service entrepreneurs. Visit facebook.com slash group slash toolbox for the trades, or click the link in our show notes to join. See you online.
1: Thanks so much for listening to Toolbox for the Trades. To make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love if you open the app and leave us a rating. Just tap the number of stars you think the show deserves. See you next time.